and happy monday happy january the 2nd it is 2023 this is still doug hagan this is still the delegator daily thought podcast also known as if you're left you just ain't right and if you know any people who are on the left politically ideologically you know they're just not all they're not all there folks let's face it uh let's get right into this i was reading a story about dubai and they have scrapped their alcohol tax, which was 30% on alcohol sales. They have uh, chosen to strike that down. I uh, don't know if they'll bring it back or not. What I really wanted to say was it about Dubai and their taxation system in America. It's my contention that some of the most egregious violations of our basic common sense liberties come from city councils, mayor's offices, county commissions, etc., etc. Then, of course, there's a state legislature, and then there's, there's Congress and presidential executive orders, which do the same thing. But a lot of the things that really hit at what America is supposed to be come from local, local authorities. And... I was thinking about this alcohol tax. See, I've never understood this. The state of, name your state, wherever you live, they have a state sales tax. Certain items, uh, I remember in Florida, food, clothing was, uh, was not included. You didn't pay a sales tax on certain things. But for most things, you paid a certain percent of sales tax. When I was a kid, it was 4%. In Georgia, it was 3%. I used to know all this stuff because as a kid, I, w- I was voracious for getting information. I memorized the presidents in order. I memorized all the state capitals. I memorized all the countries in, in Central and South America. I memorized this. I memorized that. Uh, this is the way I was. I just was always interested in that type of minutia. But if you have a sales tax... Okay, so whatever you buy, a car, a, uh, a pint of, of uh, Irish whiskey, six-pack of beer, whatever it is you buy, why should there be a different rate on different things? In other words, if I buy, uh, I don't know, I buy some, uh, some fireworks for, for 4th of July or something. And I pay a certain amount of sales tax. Okay, fine. But if I go right down afterwards and buy beer, because I'm having a party, let's say, uh, some wine, whatever, alcohol, why should the sales tax on the alcohol be higher than on the fireworks or on the food or on, uh, I don't know, a five-pound block of ice? Whatever it is, why should I pay different rates Okay, you pay a sales tax, I get that. But why should I be punished or treated differently because I'm buying alcohol or cigarettes or any number of things? It goes against the grain of what America is supposed to be, my friends. A lot of people say, well, it's because of baloney. It's because government is greedy and taxes have one legitimate purpose, only one. To raise revenue. That's all taxes have as a legitimate purpose is to raise revenue. 
if you pass a tax for any other reason than to raise revenues, then you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. Maybe the, it's a libertarian talking in me. If you raise taxes or lower taxes to reward a certain behavior or to punish a certain behavior, that's not the role of government. I'm sorry. It should never be the role of government. If you want to punish something, make a law and have a civil or criminal penalty for it. All right. But to tax this person at the grocery store more than that person, because they both spent 200 bucks, but this person bought 40 bucks worth of beer and the other person bought all food. They sh there should be the same amount of sales tax on that. That's just, to me, that's the most reasonable thing uh, I've ever heard. Doesn't it seem that way to you? And, and I've I know a lot of people don't think about it. But it's ridiculous that certain behavior, certain products are taxed higher or lower than others. It should be one rate, period. And if you disagree with me, you hate frogs and puppies. Now let's move on, folks. Uh, let's move on to uh, something maybe more critically important. Here's your latest example of media bias. Now, Business Insider had a piece that was out is out today. And the headline is the start of 2023 means carrying a gun without a license is illegal in half of US states. Then there's a little quote from the governor of Alabama apparently where she said talked about carrying her firearm everywhere she goes. And she says, lipstick and iPhone, maybe a little Smith & Wesson 38. I would be far more upset at her for carrying an iPhone and helping Apple spy on us and China spy on us uh, than uh, carrying the 38 because I'm sure the governor of Alabama is going to be very responsible with it. And I have no fear of any woman with a 38 in her purse if she's a law-abiding citizen. And if she's not a law-abiding citizen, no law is going to make her not have that 38 in her purse. Because bad guys do not obey laws. That's one reason they're bad guys. But here's a story, and uh, it is by uh, Jason, uh, Jason Legee, I believe is how you pronounce it. If not, I apologize. And he writes this see if you can pick up on the shall we call it a bias the media's not biased of course but listen uh here's a bullet point you don't need a permit to carry guns in half of the u.s states alabama's permitless law carry went into effect with the start of the new year over the past two decades gun control laws have weakened at the state and federal levels that's a good thing, not a bad thing to me. So no bias yet, really. Uh, but here we go. With the start of the new year, it became significantly easier for Alabamians to legally carry guns. The key word there is legally. You don't have to go beg or pay a, a fee to the state for the right to carry. Okay. If you have a criminal record and you can't legally purchase a firearm and you're carrying a firearm, guess what? That's a felony. It's always been a felony. It's still a felony. This law is not made for, for criminals to carry guns. It's made to allow people 
to carry a gun, as the Second Amendment says, without, uh, you know, without having to beg and pay the government certain fees, etc., etc., etc. The founders would approve of this new law in Alabama. Back to the story of the state law. The state passed a law last year allowing people to carry concealed handguns without state permits, a change that went into effect on January the 1st. The law sig- uh, signaled a gun rights landmark for the U.S. Now, half of the 50 states allow people to carry handguns without permits. So the, the, the column just started, and he's already mentioned three or four times that half the states you can carry a gun legally without a permit. It's a mark of how gun control rights have expanded within the U.S. over the past two decades. Uh, gun rights, maybe gun control rights. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe he's maybe he wrote this in crayon. I don't know. In 2010, for instance, only two states allowed people to carry uh, guns without permits. In the 13 years since, however, almost 24 states have passed similar laws. 11 of which were greenlit in the last three years, the Huffington Post's uh, Roque Planas reported on Sunday. Now, it's odd here. This is just poor writing or something. So in 13 years since, there were only two states back when, in the 13 years since, it's gone from two states to 25. So 23 more states have now allowed permitless carry. Constitutional carry, as it's called. Why does the writer say almost 24 states? Now, if the writer would have said, well, there's 23 new states and allowed, I'll say almost 25. That would make some sense because 25 is kind of a benchmark number when you put it out there. But 24, why not just put 23, which is the fact. Uh, state governments have loosened gun control over the past 20 years. And listen, here comes the bias. It's it's shovel thick, my friends. Even as activism in the wake of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, the 2018 Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, and others ramped up. More than 600 mass shootings transpired in the U.S. in 2022. Uh, let me interject here that that is BS. That is not using legitimate standards for what a mass shooting is. See, you say mass, they say mass shooting, and the average person, or a good number of people anyway, say, oh my God, a school shooting, some guy went and shot up his workplace, or shot up a post office, or shot up a school, massive number of people died. That's what they hear. Mass shootings are uh, defined very loosely, and the numbers come, the 600 number in 2022, come from the... uh, The Gun Violence Archive, which is a very, should we say, pro-gun control left-wing group, which really cannot be trusted. Uh, Now, he describes the Gun Violence Archive as a non-profit tracking gun violence. Oh, it's a non-profit. I'm sure it's non-profit. There were more mass shootings in the last half decade than in any other five-year period, but going back to 1966, the Marshall Project found last year. One recent study from left-leaning public policy think tank Center for American Progress, well, at least he identified them as left-leaning, which really is leftists of Stalin, uh, found that homicide rates were higher in states with weaker gun laws. 
and there's a link to the study again. Most of the criminal activities happen in big cities. It really is not right to do it by state. It's more about cities because Tennessee is a very pro-gun state. And guess what the number one and two cities in Nashville as far as population and size, as far as I know, are Memphis and Nashville. And those are the two highest rates of violence, thugs with guns. That doesn't surprise you about, but the whole state of Tennessee is not uh, one of the leading states from what I found. It's proved politically popular for many Republicans across the country. Over 100 TV ads from geo midterm candidates have used guns as talking points or visual motifs last year, according to the New York Times analysis. The New York Times analyzed these, okay? New York Times is a fish wrap of record. Uh, Alabama Governor, 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 Governor K. Ivey, I love that name, K. Ivey, Governor K. Ivey. Sounds like a hanging judge's name. You, you're up for a crime. You go before a judge. A judge is the Arnold K. Ivey. You're thinking, oh, nice, so grandma. And then she throws the book at you. But she highlighted her her support for the law during her re-election campaign, which she won handily, which included an ad showing Ivy at her desk at the Alabama Capitol, pulling a handgun out of her purse, followed by lipstick and a cell phone. And that's where they got the lipstick and iPhone, maybe a little Smith and Wesson 38, she says. So what? The most troublesome aspect of that is the iPhone. Uh, the, the Supreme Court ruled last year that the U.S. Constitution protects an individual right to carry a gun outside the home for self-defense. That's crazy because the Supreme Court ruled because they've read the Constitution, or six of them have, and understand it. Because that's the truth. I've several times on these podcasts mentioned the founders, quote after quote after quote from Hamilton, Adams, Jefferson, uh, Mason, Washington, Franklin, Monroe, Patrick Henry, a light horse, Harry Lee, keep going and going. They wanted people, if they were law-abiding citizens, to have arms. They wanted to carry them. It's not. It could not be more clear what the founders intended in the Constitution. It could not be more clear, period. So that 6-3 decision last year was in accordance with the Constitution. That's why the left's so mad about it. They don't like the Constitution. Uh, now, he claims this ruling dramatically expanded Second Amendment rights. No, it didn't. It certified them. It uh, backed them up. It supports them. It supports what every serious historian will tell you if they don't let their bias get in the way. Again, just read the quotes from the founders on firearms. It is staggering that anyone could not understand uh, that the Second Amendment means what the hell it says. Now, he also says this is a move that the Department of Justice opposed. Well, the Department of Justice of who? President Mumbles? Uh, Merrick Garland? Like he gives a damn about justice. Merrick Garland cares more, cares more about harassing parents who are angry over the teaching of garbage to their kids. He'd rather investigate them than investigate actual criminals, I guess. Uh, guns have become part of political protest, too, this writer claims, such as a, at an anti-trans rally 
attended by the Proud Boys, which the Southern Law Poverty Center classifies as a hate group. You know what else is a hate group and a scam, a complete and utter scam? The Southern Law Poverty Center. I always saw the Southern Poverty Law Center. It doesn't really matter. Uh, used to be headed by a guy named Morris Dees. I think they outed him for being a, well, a thief. But anyway, uh, they're a very left-wing group. They are uh, quick to demonize anybody who actually has read the Constitution, basically. So if you're if you're any way not a left-wing nut, then you're a threat, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center or the Southern Law Poverty Center. Uh, they will call you a member of a hate group, etc., etc. But how about the no context, no balance in that piece? Nothing, just opinion. That is not a news article. Okay? That's propaganda. Can we please do better? Please, mainstream media. I know it's foolish to ask. Now, the feature story of today yeah, it comes from the other McCain, Robert Stacy McCain. Good guy. I like him. Uh, he had a piece that came out on Christmas Eve. I never, I wrote about it a little bit on the blog. Uh, dailygator.net, but I did not uh, talk about it yet. And I just happened to see this uh, because it popped up in my links because I linked to it. And here's the headline. Elliot Roger, I don't know if you remember him, and Nick Fuentes. Remember Nick Fuentes recently in, in the news for, well, for being a little little anti-Semite little prick. And a, a whiner and an absolute intellectual ideological coward. Nick Fuentes blocked me on Twitter after I asked one of his supporters a very serious question. Not a threatening question. Uh, his group, they call themselves Groypers. Their moms must be so proud. Uh, sounds like they have some type of viral infection you get from the Far East if you're not careful. But anyway... Uh, One of them was was arguing because Dennis, I think it was Dennis Prager and uh, the guy who talks really fast, Ben Shapiro, talks fast, fast, fast. I'm Ben Shapiro. I talk fast, fast, fast. That kid. Uh, They had said that character, a person's character, is a better way to judge them than their skin color, which I firmly believe because I don't really give a flip about skin color. So they were trying to rip these two and call them all type of bad names. Because they had said character matters more than skin color. Well, this group of groypers who follows Nick Fuentes like he's something special. Uh, they were were ridiculing them. And I asked one of the members a question. I said, well, well it was a comment, really. I said, well, if, if it's judging pe- person by the way they look or the way they behave and conduct themselves, absolutely. Shouldn't we all celebrate people who conduct themselves law-abiding fashion, worthy fashion? Uh, that sounds good to me. What, what about you? Now, I never got a response, but Nick Fuentes, the head of this little cabal of, of dipshits, and I say dipshits with, with the utmost sincerity, he blocked me. Why did you block me, Nick Fuentes? Not that I really care. But you see, anybody who challenges them in an intellectual fashion, they don't know what to do. They're like they're like leftists, really. 
they're light leftists. But anyway, uh, the other McCain, Robert Stace McCain, wrote about Nick Fuentes recently because <laughs> Nick Fuentes has, I, I, he didn't come out of the closet, but he's uh, got an interesting new audience he's trying to, to reach with his, with his BS. The other McCain writes, the first time I remember hearing of Nick Fuentes was when Michelle Malkin tried to retrieve him from the trash dump of uh, Jew-hating nihilism. That must have been 2019. I don't know if Malkin, who I greatly admire, has expressed regret over the evident failure of that effort. Uh, Malkin has been a stalwart stalwart opponent of our de facto open borders policy for as long as I've known her, and I suppose she must have seen some potential in Fuentes and his following of groipers uh, try to steer these misguided young fellows back onto the path of sanity. She probably figured in her maternal way, but three years later, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of reform as Fuentes continues to play the role of Holocaust-denying Pied Piper, a sort of 21st century Willis Carto. Uh, search Willis Carto, you'll find out who he is. Not a nice guy. But you should you should take the time to, to learn who he was. He's He died in 2015. Uh, may he burn in hell. Uh, those who take the turn, uh, the turn down the Jew-hating road, never arrive at any good destination. The other McCain writes, and surely this is no coincidence. Clearly, God intends to keep the promise quoted in Genesis twelve three, and no wise man would deliberately choose to get on the wrong side of that issue. Having always been a follow Semite and somewhere to the right of B.B. Netanyahu in terms of my ultra-Zionist tendencies, I have long contemplated the cosmic significance of such things, but realize that now we see through a glass darkly and must patiently await the working of divine providence. But I digress. And here's a headline from Mother Jones. Uh, the title is, Hate Leader Nick Fuentes is Recruiting Incels Uh, The racist troll who dined with Trump is courting a new online following, raging misogynists. Now, an incel, if you do not know, people who identify as incels, basically it's it's younger men, 20s, uh, late teens, 20s, who can't get no satisfaction. They can't even get a swing of the bat, basically. It's uh, their date tonight is going to be date as every other night, unless they're ambidextrous, if you know what I mean, and I think that you do. That's the headline, the other McCain writes, on a 2,500-word story in Mother Jones, where the editors apparently believe it is newsworthy that guys who who cannot get laid could be an important political constituency. I don't know. Call them the... the, uh, At least I've got my right-hand party. (laughs) Could you pass me that lotion, please? Uh, (laughs) The jokes they write themselves, my friends. Am I the only one who wonders about the correlation uh, between... Sorry, I lost my place. He he writes, am I the only one who wonders about the correlation between A, conspiratorial hatred of Jews, and B, inability to get laid? It's sort of like the connection between feminism and obesity, I suspect. (laughs) Oh, you'll get in trouble for that one, my friend. 
Ordinarily, I would pay no attention to Nick Fuentes, he writes, but the editors of Mother Jones want me to do so. And for some reason, the comparison that springs to mind is Elliot Roger. Now, again, who the hell is Elliot Roger, you're wondering? If you don't remember, Elliot Roger was a very, uh, I guess you'd say very, not affluent, but his parents had money. And he could not get laid. He couldn't get no satisfaction. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't get any horizontal bop going. Nothing. And he eventually went on a shooting spree and killed a bunch of people and, and claimed basically that it was for uh, for the way incels are uh, involuntarily celibate is what it stands for, incels. So I guess his, his claim was that he was a victim and, and that's why he shot up people and killed people uh, for no reason. When in fact he was just an evil little son of a you-know-what. Uh, here it is, humanity. All of my suffering on this world has been at the hands of humanity, particularly women. This is Elliot Rogers rambling. It has made me realize just how brutal and twisted humanity is as a species. All I ever wanted was to fit in and live a happy life amongst humanity, but I was cast out and rejected, forced to endure an existence of loneliness and insignificance, all because the females of the human species were incapable of seeing the value in me. This is the story of how I, Elliot Roger, came to be. This is the story of my entire life. It is a dark story of sadness, anger, and hatred. It is a story of a war against cruel injustice. So he he named himself like the incel avenger or something. Complete whack job. Nutcase. Uh, again, elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. There's not even, there wasn't even an elevator in his case. Now, the other McCain picks it up there and says, So begins my twisted world, the story of Elliot Roger, the 100,000-word manifesto he published online to announce the motive for his 2014 murder spree, the mind conf of beta male losers. How does this happen? What kind of person decides that the ideal solution to his personal problems is mass murder? A telltale clue came from Roger's manifesto where he mentions... Uh, Monet Moy, a pretty blonde girl who was a younger sister of one of his middle school classmates. According to Roger, she was part of a group of popular 7th grade girls who started teasing me. I started to hate all girls because of this. I saw them as mean, cruel, and heartless creatures that took pleasure from my suffering. This enraged the girl's father. Well, 7th graders can be jerks. I know I was a 7th grader. I was a jerk at times. That's when I, someone tried to bully me in the seventh grade the first time. Uh, he didn't fare well. I just had enough one day and went off on him. Luckily, I was in a private school and wasn't, it wasn't modern day, and I wasn't uh, sent to prison for having a schoolyard fight or something. Uh, but the girl's father wrote she was 10 years old for god's sake she can barely remember the guy he's a sociopath she hasn't even seen him since school she's devastated over the whole thing it's like she's doing being implicated in this terrible tragedy or something she hasn't done and can't remember this is after he'd shot people and killed people and blamed this this kid this little girl for it because he was a total psychopath and loser um the father added that he and his daughter only remember Rogers as a strange kid. 
He was weird then, he's weird now. He said he had a secret crush on her, but she was completely unaware of him. She had no idea. If you think about it, he could have killed her. He could have come after her. I was on hand on that I was hands on at that school. I don't remember him. She just remembers that he was a strange kid. She knew he wasn't a normal type person, but there are a lot of people like that at that age. That's true. In other words, the other McCain concludes, it was all in Elliot Rogers' mind. His sick, sick, evil mind. The teasing was imaginary. His suffering, the product of his silent obsession with a cute girl who was, quote, completely unaware of him. And as for his war against cruel injustice, what he described in a YouTube video as his day of retribution, it was nothing but a violent gesture to dramatize and call attention to his ultimate choice of suicide. Roger scapegoated innocent people, blaming them for his personal problems, but his day of retribution ended with the tacit admission that the only way to end his suffering was to kill himself. He was the problem. Now, as for Nick Fuentes, how does he tie into all this? Well, the other McCain is, is connecting fanatical anti-Semites with incels, with other crazy people who, well, crazy people can be dangerous. Uh, from the piece on Mother Jones, the 24-year-old, that's Nick Fuentes, uh, hosts a nightly broadcast with a cult-like following among young white men who believe they, they have lost their rightful place in the United States. For the last five years, uh, Fuentes has pushed a vision for an America First movement that fuses white nationalism, anti-Semitism, and authoritarianism in calling for a nation dominated by white Christian men. I know in, in researching Fuentes, he's called for women not to be able to vote. Uh, he has mocked, uh, mocked women sexually, said he wants to ban porn, put government in charge of that. I mean, if they ban, if you ban porn, Nick, where are you going to get all your action at? I mean, you're the incel, right? And he claims to be an incel. And there's no doubt, by the way, the little bastard is anti-Semitic, truly anti-Semitic. Mother Jones is writing this to make all conservatives look bad, but trust me, no one hates Nick Fuentes more than actual conservatives. Uh, because he is like a, he's like that odor you can't get rid of in your house. That's hit what he reminds you of. Uh, let me see. Over the past year, Fuentes has made a point of speaking directly to these men, the incels, many of whom identify as, again, incels, in numerous appearances on his nightly live stream, far-right podcast, and Telegram. Historically, incels define themselves as involuntary celibate, but the term has become inextricably, inextricably excuse me, associated with misogynist incels, men who blame women for their problems. And believe women owe them sex. Yeah, there's that's always worked well for men. Can't, can't get laid. Hey, you owe me. Oh, okay. Let's go to the bedroom. See, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Fuentes claims to understand them because he is one of them. I guess we'll call him no action Fuentes from now on. He says, I'm an incel. I'm a proud incel. He claimed on his nightly America First podcast in January, he he did, never had sex. He explained because I'm choosing instead to lead a historical right wing movement. 
You're leading a movement, all right, but more like a bowel movement than anything else there, Nick Fuentes. The other McCain breaks down the claim of a cult-like following. Prior to the publicity he got for meeting with Trump at Mar-a-Lago, the audience for Fuentes' videos was pathetically small, reaching somewhere between 1,800 and 6,000 viewers for each episode. In October, as the nation was preparing for the midterm election, some of his videos got fewer than 1,000 views. So if you're using cult-like as a synonym for tiny, then yeah, Nick Fuentes has got a cult-like following and probably a cult-like penis too. Uh, since the Mar-a-Lago meeting, the size of Fuentes' audience has grown to the tens of thousands, but that's still an insignificant number in comparison to, say, Tim Pool, who has 1.3 million YouTube subscribers and routinely gets more than 200,000 views on his videos. So again, Fuentes is, is pimping this for publicity. He's a publicity pimp. It should be obvious that the reason Mother Jones and other liberal media are giving a fringe figure like Fuentes free publicity is as a way to smear all conservatives as implicated in his craziness. And let there be no doubt about this, it is unmitigated lunacy. Yes, he just called you, well, an unmitigated lunatic, Nick. Gonna get your incel, incel self all hyped up over that. Fuentes, this is again from the Mother Jones piece. Uh, or is it, let me check. We'll get proper accreditation here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. It is from Mother Jones. It is archived today. It's on the archive today. Okay, so there it is. Fuentes launched into what sounded like a political sum speech in which he outlined the world he would create with his followers' help. Why don't we take the message to the men and say, hey, men, hey, men, vote for me. I'll destroy, I'll destroy feminism. He said, vowing to make it harder for women to become whores. What? Where did that come from? Most women aren't whores, Nick. Uh, you might be. Well, it, you can't get laid, though. You're like the whore that can't get laid. You're an incel. What a, what a loser. And to incentivize women to be in monogamous marriages for the long term and to have and raise kids. And, of course, not vote. The dark fantasy he was selling would not only fulfill his Christian nationalist agenda, it would give his incels the unfettered access to women that they've long sought. It's their duty to sleep with them. But he's ugly and he smells funny and he's pathetic. Well, it's your duty, though. You're a woman. And you should sleep with him. That would be Nick Fuentes, President Nick Fuentes, saying this. He's, reading, he's leading a revolution, you know. He says so. Come on. Uh, la, 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 la. That alignment is part of what makes, uh, again, Fuentes' pro-misogyny marketing strategy so effective, says right-wing watch researcher Kyle Montalia. Well, I don't think the numbers indicate he's being successful at all. Most people have never heard of the kid. Uh, if they can't impose a Christian nationalism on this country, that will also solve their insult problem by making women second-class citizens who have no right to refuse to marry them, have sex with them, and bear their children. <clears throat> and again, anyone who's like that is not anywhere near what a conservative is. 
Nick Fuentes isn't a conservative. He's never been. And never will be, probably. Yet, Mother Jones, of course, is trying to label him that because they want to smear us all. Uh, la, 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 la. You cannot solve self-inflicted problems, the other McCain writes, by scapegoating and what the incel delusion has in common with anti-Semitic conspiracy theories is that both offer explanations for personal failure that focus on blaming others. Anti-Semitism is not really political at all. It's not about U.S. policy in the Middle East or about Israel's policy toward its neighbors. It's about losers, both foreign and domestic, who view Israel and the Jews the same way Elliot Roger viewed uh, Monet Moyle. As mean, cruel, and heartless creatures that took pleasure from my suffering, even as we recognize the appeal of scapegoating by right wing, in quotes, figures like Nick Fuentes, however, we must avoid the temptation to buy into the left's identity politics victimhood mentality, which is the same damn thing. So ironic that Mother Jones is a lot like Nick Fuentes. Telling black people they're oppressed by systemic racism is no more helpful than telling people that they're victims of an international Zionist conspiracy. And the fact that Kanye West has apparently been sucked into the vortex of anti-Semitism shows how similar these beliefs really are. And both of these persecution fantasies are similar to the incel thinking his problems in life are the fault of the cute girl who, at least in his mind, was mean to him in seventh grade. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things that some cute girls actually are cruel. Or that some white people really are racist. Because these facts are inadequate as explanation of individual unhappiness. That is to say, there are black people who are happy and successful despite the reality of racism. And on a personal note, I have managed to have a pretty good life despite the fact that Vicki Jones never re reciprocated my interest in seventh grade. See? And there was Kara Cunningham in eighth and ninth grade who I was, I thought, in love with. But I wasn't old enough, even though we were in the same grade. She only dated older guys, and she was three months uh, older than me. And I knew at the time, eh, whatever. But you know what? I never had any delusional fantasies about it. I figured, eh, that, them's the breaks. The breaks happen, my friend. The breaks happen. Likewise, the existence of bad Jews, like George Soros, does not prove the existence of an all-powerful Jewish conspiracy, especially when we realize that some of Soros's uh, most vocal critics are themselves Jewish. But the left wants you to believe that everyone who criticizes Soros is an ideological soulmate of Nick Fuentes. And the danger is that people will start believing this. If they're going to call me an anti-Semite, no matter what I do, why not just go all in on this Jew-hating thing? The left's incessant name-calling, racist, sexist, homophobe, can have a demoralizing effect on conservatives. And when you find yourself on their target list, it's a test of character. Requiring strength to resist their attempt to re uh, to define you rather as evil, the left is satanic in that way, in this way. Satan is a liar. The other McCain writes John eight forty four and a false accuser Revelation twelve ten who deceiveth the whole world by his slanders against God and against God's people. When the left aims its slander machine at you, 
The experience should give you some sense of what Jesus felt when he was falsely accused by the envious Pharisees. And when you reflect that Jesus was entirely blameless, whereas you, unquestionably a sinner, then you must realize that however unjust the accusation against you may be, you cannot lash out at the enemies who chastise you. And then he quotes uh, Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work together for the good of, uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Exult in your chastisement, the other McCain concludes. Take pride in your scars. If you love God and are truly seeking his will, then your suffering is proof that you are among them who are called. How you conduct yourself in that moment of crisis will be the test of your faith and the proof of God's favor. And there's more if you want to go read it. Uh, good piece, great piece. And again, the other McCain, Robert Chase McCain's a great writer. I certainly appreciate him. And uh, I think he makes some excellent points. People like Nick Fuentes and the, the people who hate Israel and all the nutcases of the world. People like Nick Fuentes. Now, Nick Fuentes may not actually be a nut. He may just be using this to try to get a clickbait, to try to get some fame, to make some money, whatever. But he's a despicable little troll. And it's it's odd when you see what I've seen from the left for so long now, the, the perpetual victimization they, they suffer through or claim to suffer through. They're, the left is a giant collection of victim groups. Then you have others who try to do the same thing. They're they're in celibate or incels because they can't have sex because they, they have no game or they don't try or maybe, I don't know, maybe they just have more realistic standards. I don't know what the problem is. Or maybe it's just a problem that there's something wrong with them, inherently wrong with their brain, and they kind of give off a vibe of being a kook. And women, when their kook alarm goes off, they're not they're not going to go with that guy typically. They're going to go the other way because women ain't stupid. And it's it's interesting to see how, how the victimization game is being played now. And all the left can see is let's smear all conservatives. All Nick Fuentes can see is a bunch of Jews are ruining his country and a a naked thirst for, for power and influence that he'll probably never have, God willing, he'll never have. And you have all these things going on, and you say, wait a minute, they're all a bunch of whiners blaming someone else for making things up. They really are despicable trolls, all of them. And yes, that describes you, Nick Fuentes. Despicable, little, sawed-off troll. Here, what, 24, 25, I think? Something like that. Here's a hint, Nick. You want to be a man? My grandfather was a great man. My father was, too. Uncle Lewis. Very good man. A lot of very good men in my family. They worked hard. They raised families. They were faithful. And they did the right thing. And he treated others as they wanted to be treated themselves. They were honest, hard workers. 
and they would help anybody at the drop of a hat. Those things define a man in part, Nick. And you'll never be one until you understand that you have to do manly things sometimes. And blaming, claiming to be an incel, blaming Jews for your problems, blaming Israel for your problems, and just being a general pain in everyone's ass, frankly, is never going to make you a man, Nick. And running away like a little coward when someone challenges you, it's not going to make you a man either. It's just going to make you what you are, a self-loathing little prick. And that's it, my friends. I'm good. I wanted to get that out a little long, but I thought it important to point out what the left's doing with people like Nick Fuentes. And again, don't be fooled by it. He does not in any way represent conservatism at all. Uh, at all. Believe me. Uh, Reagan would probably slap him upside the head. And I certainly wish that Donald Trump had had enough sense to, to send somebody out at Mar-a-Lago and say, I don't know why you're here, Nick, but take a hike. I'm not going to ask again. That's what should have been done. Uh, but there you go, folks. That's the podcast for today. I will be back uh, this week sometime, most likely tomorrow. Can't guarantee you, uh, but I will try my best, my friends. Happy Monday. Happy New Year again. God bless you. If you wish to become a financial contributor and support the blog, thedelegator.net. And if you want to support this podcast, you can go to Anchor, anchor.doughagan. And there's a financial page there. You can sign up to become a monthly contributor. And you can pick, the, the, they have different amounts there. And you can always, always uh, donate there if you like. I don't like ask for money. Something that just turns me off. Feel like I'm doing a telethon or something. But anyway, I would be appreciated if you do. God bless you. If you just want to drop some cash at the front or back door of my home in a white envelope, I'll take that too and ask no questions. Believe me. Just don't tell those 87,000 heavily armed IRS agents that could end badly for me. Y'all be good, my friends. Take you. Take care. God bless. Happy New Year one more time. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And go Gators. And in the the college football championship, I don't say this often, go dogs. Y'all have a good one. Bye.